0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of the hosts, Asia Bonilla.
1: And I'm Charles Sheland, the other host.
0: And today we are finishing Twilight, the first book in the Twilight Saga. This is the third book series of our podcast. And as we remind you every week, we're a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network and we're reading and rereading young adult books and sharing them with each other.
1: Yep. As best friends, we're sharing these books with each other and we've been you know, podcasting the books that we've been sharing with each other. We started a series with with a series that Asia had read. Then we moved on to this, to one that I'd read. And now we're back to another series that Asia's read. And Asia's actually read Twilight by Stephanie Meyer a couple times and I've never read it. So you get a range of perspectives. You get mine from reading it for the first time and Asia's from rereading it. And somehow we've already wrapped up our first book of the Twilight series.
0: Yeah. And I really love hearing Charles's thoughts on the series because I really like the series. And like I said, I've read it a lot. So I know the story like, Really, really well. So it's nice to hear from someone reading it for the first time their perspective. And since we're on the series that he's new to, he has to provide the summary of the reading. So go right into it.
1: Yep, I'm back on summary duty. We have Bella and Edward's relationship accelerating pretty quickly. Edward introduces her to the whole Cullen family, and we learn a little more about the history of the vampires in the Cullen clan. Bella tells Charlie that Edward is her boyfriend, so it's a fish a fish. And they head back to the Cullens to watch them play the scariest game of baseball ever, but they're interrupted by three non-vegetarian vampires, and one of them, James, is a tracker, and he really, really, really wants to kill Bella. So stuff starts to hit the fan, the whole Cullen Cullen clan. I can't decide whether I want to call them clan or fam, but the whole Cullen clan gets going to help basically save Bella from James. They all split up, and Bella ends up in Arizona, but she gets a call from James claiming he has her mother captured. So Bella goes to meet James to sacrifice herself so that her mom can live, but of course there's a trap. Luckily, though, the Cullens show up to save Bella. She starts her recovery, and she decides she wants to continue living in Forks, and she and Edward continue to fall in love. Also, Jacob and Billy keep trying to talk Bella out of her relationship with Edward and that's, you know, the whole second half of the book. So I can give my first impression of the reading really quickly and that I will say that this story it hooks you. I got hooked so quickly. And as we've discussed, the writing is it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to again, we you know I don't really like to bash other artists and creatives. I don't really think the writing is that complex. But I'm incredibly invested in the story, which is a really, it's actually a very good hallmark of a writer that I'm willing to look past the fact that I think that the syntax isn't great, that I'm, I'm invested in the characters that Stephanie Meyer has created. And that's a testament to her that I really like, I'm really into them. And so like, I think that of all the books we've read so far, this has been the one that is the most of a page turner. But Asia, I want to hear your impression of the reading
0: wow really most of a page turner
1: i mean think about the other books we've read
0: yeah this one i I feel like all of the twilight books i mean we'll see if you feel that way about the rest of the series i feel like they there's always some big conflict that they have to overcome so like you really want to see that to the end so we'll see
1: i feel like the enchantress the last flamel book was a page turner too because we we read, read five books at that point. So we were like, we want to find answers.
0: Yeah, I can say that too. I feel like for maybe the Twilight series where, again, it's more simple is each book kind of, you get questions maybe at the beginning, but you find them out by the end. Whereas like in the Flamel books, there were some questions from the beginning, but we didn't get them until the very end of the series. So that's obviously a lot harder to, a lot harder for it to be a page turner because even though you want to get to the end, you know, you're not getting to the end. You're not getting those answers right at the end of this book. It might be in three books or something.
1: That's so true. Like the, the, I never noticed that about the Flamel books, but, like, you don't get a lot of resolution in each book. Like, you finish each book and you write into the next one. It's not, like, there's it's a... It's clearly,
0: like, the middle... It's the middle of the story still. It's not, like, it's... It's not, like, it's all wrapped up, whereas, like, I feel like for this book, everything's kind of wrapped up, and then the next book will introduce new conflicts, and then we go same through Same with them. Percy Jackson. So it is, I feel like... A, like,
1: each, blo- each yeah. book had its own same plot. Same thing, yeah. And the same with Harry Potter. Like, you have each book has its own plot. Like, there's a... But for Flamel, like... There's your start from the beginning and you're building towards the summer solstice.
0: It's almost like how for like Twilight, I feel like it's fine. It's like it's movies, whereas like the film books would do really well as like series, a series because you the story doesn't end. So like you need it to keep going because you don't feel that satisfaction of, okay, the the story ended and I can wait till the next book, movie or whatever to get the rest of the story.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Which I agree with you, the Enchantress, the the last book out of the Flamel books was, yes, the most interesting because you were like, okay, we're finally getting answers.
1: Yeah, so we're going to read soon, we're going to read the Golden Compass series and the Hunger Games. And the Golden Compass series is very much like the Flamel books, where even though each book has sort of like a disparate plot, you really need to read all three of them to kind of get that feeling. So the last one is more of a page turner than the first two. But I'll see how you feel about it when you get to it. And The Hunger Games, like the first book is a page turner because it feels very like you could just have the first book stand alone because of its action.
0: Yeah, it's just The Hunger Games, whereas Catching Fire and Mockingjay kind of go right into each other.
1: Yeah, they go right into each other because... And we can't wait to read The Hunger Games because that's the first series we'll read that both of us have read because we both love Hunger Games and we want to just talk about it. So... But we're let's finish Twilight first. Yeah, I'm getting get ahead back of myself.
0: To our current series, Twilight. So I'll go ahead and just give my impressions, which kind of, as I predicted, I don't really have much to say because, like I said, I know the story really well. So you know, I know what's ha- happening, what's going to happen before it happens, and most of the reading, I was just thinking about, oh, how is Charles going to respond to this, rather than anything else, because, like I said, I know what's coming. But so I just really want to hear your thoughts, Charles, for everything.
1: Well. I think we can provide that. Let's go ahead and get in, and then we can you can hear my thoughts. So right away, we find out that Edward is about 100 years old and that he was going to die of the Spanish flu, which I thought was a funny coincidence that we're reading this right now a century later in our pandemic, because the <laughs> last pandemic was the Spanish flu of yeah. 1917. And most importantly, though, we find out that Carlisle, you know, as a vegetarian, he only converts humans into vampires when they're on the verge of death. He wouldn't claim a living person. He like, he only converted Edward because Edward would have died or, as an orphan. Or Esme because she flung herself off a cliff and she was going to die otherwise. So at that point, he felt comfortable making them vampires. And more importantly in this conversation, we find out that Edward has been watching her sleep and following her around. So he's been stalking her.
0: Yeah, I was waiting for you to get there.
1: Yeah, you tricked me. Last week, I was ready to give him a pass. I was like, yeah, you shouldn't be following her around, but, like, she gave him consent. It's fine. But no. He's been watching her sleep. Like, that's so not cool.
0: I guess for me, it's obviously, yes, that—condemn Edward's actions in the beginning. That's not okay. You shouldn't be watching somebody without their permission, without their knowledge. Like, that's wrong. But I guess why, for me, it's not that big a deal is because, one, Bella, her reaction to it is she even says that she, like, I think she knows that, like, she can't bring up the right emotions of, like, being angry. She just feels flattered because she obviously has a crush on him and is very interested in him. But then also the idea of, I'm pretty sure, like, for the rest of the series, like, something like this never happens again. He will start to visit her at night and stuff, but she always knows he's there. Like, he comes in just sits there and watches her sleep because he can't sleep with her, obviously. But so that's why for me it wasn't that big of an issue because, like you said, it's really just like the first half of the book, which will be interesting because also we don't actually see it happening because obviously since we're getting Bella's perspective, he she didn't know he was there. So we don't actually see it. I wonder how you'll feel because with Midnight Sun, the new book, we get Edward's perspective and maybe that will make you much angrier because we'll be <laughs> his thoughts as he's – Watching her, but we'll see. But I also just like that afterwards, why again I feel like it's not as big of a deal for me is because afterwards, you know, he does get the consent once they're like kind of forming this relationship. And you know, he reassures Bella that he'll be around as long as she wants him to be around. Like, as soon as he, if she's ever like, I don't want to be with you anymore, he's out of there. Like, and that is like, as we'll see through the series, like, he is serious about that. He's not going to object. Like, if she says that, but anyway, but also. Yeah, which
1: I do give him credit for. I think that that's, he's been very clear about that, which is awesome. Like, that's how adults should be. But again, now that consent has been granted, it's okay, but it wasn't okay before.
0: I also give him a pass in the sense of, or not a pass, it's just that it makes sense for him because he's a vampire and, you know, he can get around places silently, go wherever he wants without being seen, so it makes sense that he's fascinated and interested and intrigued by this girl who, one, he can't read her mind, and everything, every way in which he's talked to her has intrigued him because, like, she's not like other, she's not like other (laughs) girls. She's not like other (laughs) girls. Like how? Me either.
1: Me either, Bella. (laughs)
0: She's like, she's willing to put everyone's feelings and put everyone else above herself. Like she's incredibly selfless, you know, almost, you know, like we said, it's kind of a flaw. Uh, But so I feel like it makes sense for his character, him being a vampire that like he has the ability to do that. He was so curious, like he couldn't help himself kind of thing that he wanted to see her outside of when he sees her just in school. But like I said, that doesn't justify it, but it's fine from, it's fine with me because again, he doesn't do it again. And that's the only time. Moving along, I also did write down that I forgot how horny Bella is from the beginning because the first night that he, like, spends where, like, she's aware and they, like, are talking, she's already kind of asking Edward about, like, how sex, like, works for vampires. Yeah.
1: She's really ready to talk to him about adult stuff. I mean, it's in a very tame way. It's still, this is very much a teenager book. It's not, it's not graphic. She's not asking him about it. It's in innuendo yeah no if I was reading this like in fourth grade not that fourth grade I would read reading this but like if I was reading this probably in like sixth grade it might have gone over my head I'm not sure necessarily
0: I mean that's when I read it the first time when I was 11 and I know when I was reading it like some people their parents like wouldn't allow them to read it because obviously there is sex all the way in the last book but again how I describe it and you'll see the sex scenes it's like in a movie when they like show the people like they're taking off their clothes they're kissing and then it cuts to the next morning like you don't see anything it's like that but in a book form So like you don't get any there's no graphic like it's very like pg like they're just hinting at you know that's what happened but not anything like that's what I mean I read this for the first time when I was like 11 12 so like I don't think it went over my head what was happening, but it definitely wasn't like, oh, like you're getting into the nitty-gritty like details at all.
1: Yeah, for sure. That that's probably a better way of thinking about it. And but Edward he's like I can't have sex with you because he can't be out he can't allow himself to be out of control. So, obviously, like sex would he would be out of emotional control of himself and so he would probably end up ravaging her, which we obviously don't want. <gasps>
0: And also, so, if I button in really quick, also they both yeah. say how, like, they're both virgins. So it's also a very innocent way of looking at sex because, like, it's, it oh, would yeah. be both their first time. So, like, it's very innocent. Sorry to interrupt you.
1: Yeah. No, it definitely it definitely reads in a way that, like, I would feel comfortable having my teenagers read this book or my preteens. Like, it doesn't feel very – it's not not graphic. And – but, yeah, you're right. Like – They – she reveals that she loves him, so we're already there. They move to the boyfriend-girlfriend phrase very quickly.
0: It's, like, Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yeah. And that worked out so well for them. They saw each other. But I'm
0: saying, like, that is, like, how I would – what I would compare it to. Like, that, like, okay, calm down. You've known each other for, what, a month?
1: Yeah. But I'm still ready to stab myself. (laughs) Anyway. But it's exciting, though, obviously, because we're hooked for the romance that their relationship goes so quickly.
0: Yeah, it, and like I said, it does it goes very quickly, especially like that the day after they have their first date. He's like, "Come meet my family," and not just your regular family, your vampire family. And then he obviously wants her to tell Charlie, her dad, that she has a boyfriend, and he wants to meet him. And then when we do get to meet the Cullens, we get a lot of, or at least a little bit, we get we get a lot of Carlisle's backstory about you know how he was made into a vampire, which. As listeners of the show, you know that we love our world building.
1: Yeah, it's great to get to know the Cullens, and I'm really excited. I hope we get more, like, vampire history and more of the vampire werewolf drama as the story progresses. Because that just, like, fleshes out the world and fleshes out the experience so that it's more than just Mm -hmm. two horny teenagers. And we basically move right into the baseball Which I think is probably one of the more iconic moments of the series. Like, it's one of the more iconic movie scenes. And it's one of the things that, like, people know about the first book is that the vampire race ball. And it starts off really quaint because Bella is bonding with Esme. And Esme, like, totally loves her. And actually, everyone really loves her. Alice loves her. Emmett really likes her. Everyone except Rosalie is, like, totally loving on her, which is great. But then they get interrupted by these flesh eaters. And... James, who's a, who has burgundy eyes, which is, like, would be really striking and beautiful, but also, like, very, very, very scary. And he's into Bella, and he really wants her, and basically, all hell breaks loose.
0: About the eyes, did you, you need an explanation on that? Do you, like, understand why? I'm assuming it's have... a
1: vampire blood-drinking, he's thirsty situation? Because I know that the other vampires, like, their eyes get darker at the Longer it's been since so, they
0: fed. So, quick, I guess, world-building kind of thing. Basically, how it's described, which I think this might come in, I don't know if they, I can't remember if they actually explain this, but basically, when you're a vampire, like, with, your eyes are red, like, they because you're drinking blood, basically. The reason why the colons are, like... Gold like, golden colors because they drink animal blood, which I guess maybe it's, like, humanize them or something because obviously they look, it looks less striking, obviously, but for all of them, like, they say when they get thirsty, their eyes turn black, like, they, the color drains from their eyes, but, like, that's basically what that is. So that's why James and their whole clan or whatever, their eyes are, like, that burgundy red color because they drink human blood. And so as we meet other vampires in the world, they will have those, like, blood red burgundy eyes mm-hmm. because they drink human blood.
1: And it feeds in really well to that. Like the vampires are beautiful, so they attract humans, they attract their prey. Like not that I mean, I'd be freaked out if someone had red eyes, but it did it did sound really beautiful and striking that when the way yeah, it's described it would be really in the book. You'd be like, striking. Oh, I'm attracted to like I want to talk to this person and then they'd be like, Let me kill you. But
0: But yeah, anyway, you said like all hell breaks loose and they all split up some of them leave town and some come back and they leave Charlie, but then they have to regroup at the Cullens and they split up with a bunch of cars. They all go in different directions, you know, try to mix up James and Victoria and it's incredibly chaotic. And Bella keeps saying, you know, she wants to go home, which is a little pitiful because obviously like he wants to kill you. And like, we know that you don't like about self-preservation, but like you, you need to like, we don't want you to die. Like you don't want to die.
1: Yeah. Like, I get it. She wants to keep Charlie safe, and we know Bella has no self-value, but, like, you're going to have to trust the vampires in this case because they've given you no reason not to trust them, and they're only trying to keep you safe.
0: But it is her idea, though, of how, like, they are able to get away.
1: Yeah, she does figure out the plan, and I will give Stephanie Meyer credit again that this section was a really good read because it was incredibly dynamic and chaotic. Like, when they were suggesting all the different plans, and they go back, and then like, the vampires are communicating without telling her, and, like, they know what the plan is, and she's like, okay, just, like, carry me around. Like, they, the syntax, again, the writing's still not great, but the confusion was really palpable. As I was reading it, like, I got a little stressed, which is good. Like, you want to feel a vis, vis, visceral, physical reaction, and that was, even though the writing wasn't lovely, like, I was feeling it, and, like, you get the real feeling that the tracker is a threat. And I, I was into that section of the book because it was, it was, the chaos was well-written. Mm-hmm. And, but I, and also what I really, really liked about it is that the Cullens just all fall in to help Bella and Edward. Like, Edward has chosen Bella. They love Edward. They're going to do whatever Edward wants to protect Bella. Like, again, Rosalie puts up a fight, but she, it's not like she stops them. It's not like she, like, works against them. She still helps them. Like, they all fall in to go for it, and they've accepted Bella into the unit.
0: Yeah, they're very much a strong family unit, and even Bella says, you know, you're not ruining everything over me. And even Jasper, who is, like, clearly new—they've said multiple times that he's newer to the life, and it Mm
1: -hmm.
0: may be confused by Edward's decision to, you know, fall in love with a human, but he's like, it's okay, we want to keep you safe. And they make comments about, like, we haven't—you haven't been with Edward for the past 50 to 100 years, like— this is the happiest we've ever seen him. Like we're going to do anything, which also speaks, which they'll they'll talk about a little bit more in the series about the colons choosing to live their vegetarian lifestyle is what kind of allows them to have those real like human connections with each other, like, like those, those
1: partnerships,
0: un- yeah. the un and also unbreakable bonds in the family unit because it's not even just like, oh, if they paired off in their pairs, like they have an unbreakable bond between their whole family, which we'll learn about a lot. Because in comparison, like Edward even briefly talked about with when he was telling Bella about Carlisle, how most vampires travel in like twos or threes, or they travel alone. It's they're very nomadic, like, and obviously if they're traveling in twos, it's like it's their partner, like their lover, but like they don't trust anybody else, mm-hmm. like lots of predators. Like they don't necessarily travel in groups. Yeah. But anyway, also, I also they'd be just,
1: suspicious that way, so.
0: Exactly. But also it's just, I also, I thought it was really funny how during that whole scene, how they just would sweep Bella up and are just constantly carrying her from place to place, like, like a football, I think they describe. And I'm just like, what would that look like? Because I feel like in the movies, they didn't show that necessarily as much, but like, it's it just. It wouldn't be
1: as charming in a movie. Because, because it's it would like, be, how it would does she. be weird.
0: yeah. But it was just, yeah, I just thought that was funny because yeah. they talk about it multiple times. Like Emmett picks her up, then Alice, then Esme when they go to change. Like they're just sweeping her up back and forth. Like, how does she, I would want to throw up. She says she gets nauseous I from the know. running. I want to throw up from all this crazy being tossed around.
1: I know when Alice is like skipping towards her with her arms outstretched. She's like, may I? And Belle's like, you're the first person to ask. Like, it's not like I have a choice. <laughs> that was really funny.
0: But yeah, so they eventually, Alice, Bella, and Jasper make it to Phoenix. They check themselves into a hotel. And I know during this time, I was really thinking about how, you know, they're stuck in that hotel room for like a few days, maybe. And like, she's with two vampires who just can sit still forever, but she has no internet. Like, you know, like how we're constantly scrolling on social media. Like she has no access to that. She's just going to sleep, waking up, staring at the wall. Like it sounds absolutely terrible. But I also notice this read, which I don't know if there's something I've noticed before, but when James calls Bella imitating her mother, I always wonder how, because when she first answers the phone, James speaks and Alice is in the room with Bella. And this to me, I feel like is a plot hole because they have, you know, super, vampire, super, strong super, super strong hearing. I think she would be able to hear that it went from a female voice to a male voice, even if she didn't know... Cause she might not know what James's voice sounds like, but it clearly like it was a female voice to a male voice. Like I feel like she would have noticed that. So I do think that's interesting that like I I feel like that. And a she should have heard
1: it in the second room. She should have heard it a r- in the next room over, even when they closed the door. Like
0: yeah, I just feel like because I mean, if you think about it, like unless the volume was turned down super low, like when you're having like even for a normal human being, if someone's on the phone, if everything's quiet, which it's just the two of them in the room. You can hear the other person talking. So, and that's just obviously with regular human hearing, but if they're supposed to have supersonic vampire hearing, I did like, I do think that's something that was like, that's like, that's kind of a mistake. Cause like that doesn't fully make sense.
1: I completely agree. I think that that definitely is a bit of a plot hole. If you want to call it that, that Alice definitely should have heard James, but that moment, my heart stopped like, when she picked up the phone, and then it's him, I thought I was going to die. As I was sitting there reading it, I was terrified. It was so awful. It reminded me of when we were reading Fomel, and Scatty and Joan are running. And Joan just out of nowhere screams, snakes.
0: It's a hint.
1: And there weren't even snakes there. Like, I almost fell out of my chair when I was reading that. And then when it's his voice, I was like, oh. Like, I was, oh, got it. Again, she got me hooked. I was I was terrified. And then Bella goes to escape to meet him. And personally, I feel like she should have just told them. I know that they really didn't wouldn't have wanted to let her go. But I just feel like running off was... I, again, we know Bella is self-sacrificial. She doesn't really think of her own value. But I'm like, I feel like she should have thought... Like, the vampires have so many powers and so many skills. Like, why didn't she... Maybe you can explain this to me, Asia. Why didn't she think, let's try to find a way around this?
0: So I did I did think about this time when I was reading because I was like, I feel like there easily could have been a better plan. So to me, the perfect plan would have been Bella would have told them that James told her that this is going to happen. And then obviously with Alice's ability, they can see the future. They know what he's his plan is. They, that's why Bella, when she calls and stuff, she knows where he was leading her. She knew that he was taking her to the dance studio because of Alice's vision. So to me, what the perfect plan would have been is Bella would have went, the Collins would have been far enough away that James wouldn't have known they were there. And then as soon as like, they would have waited, I don't know, 15 minutes and then they would have went in to make the kill. Cause obviously like his plan, like he wasn't going to kill her immediately. Like they still made it in time to save her. So I feel like that, but why that plan wouldn't have worked, I think with the story is because, and I think. Bella even says this when she's in the hospital with Edward that he's like, you should have told us. And she's like, you wouldn't have let me go. Edward would have never let Bella be in danger because ultimately, yes, he might want to save Bella's mom, but he only cares about Bella. And he would have been like, your mom's dead. Like, I'm not letting you be in danger. Like they, he would, he wouldn't have allowed that to happen, which is again, where again, I think it's important that she becomes a vampire because she needs to be able to have more of a say. Like I said, that equality thing. Like if she would have told him, she, she would not have had a say in it, like You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. She definitely has that conversation with Edward and I'm like, I just feel like, but she'd been able to talk Edward off of the ledge earlier, like when they were doing that, when they were driving away.
0: No, I just, he would not have let her, cause she would have, in order to be with James, like she would have gotten hurt. She would have gotten hurt in some way, whether he would have broken her leg only or like hit her, she would have gotten hurt. And like Edward would never have allowed that to happen knowingly. So like i think for the story for the plot i think it makes sense that the only way that she knew that if in her mind if she's believing that he really has her mom she's like i know edward's not gonna let me go i can't tell them and she obviously said they were going to the airport she knew this is my only chance and like i would rather of course she cares about everyone above herself she's like i'd rather die than let my mom die and she even said that she was like oh you know I just hope that me coming will be enough for him to let my mom go. Cause obviously she doesn't know she might've showed up. Her mom might've actually been there and he would have just still killed them both. But it's like the idea of she had no, she didn't have that much agency in this situation. So she was like, I'm going to do the only thing I know that I can physically do, which is I'm going to go. And, you know, hopefully ultimately like, especially like I've read this so many times, I feel like it didn't even cross her mind that, Her mom wasn't actually there. But, I mean, I guess when you're in the moment, like, you wouldn't want to take that risk. Because if her mom was really there and he killed her, like, now you might... You would feel partially responsible for your mom's death because you didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. I guess also in a situation like that, and maybe that's because I do read a lot of... And I've read a lot of fantasy and sort of mystery and stuff like that. For me, while I would probably assume or agree with Bella that, like, I would expect James to actually have her mom... I wouldn't think that, like, me sacrificing myself would necessarily protect my mom in the situation. But, again, she's...
0: But with Bella's character, even if... And she she does say that. She's like, I don't know if it's going to be enough. She says, I hope it's going to be enough. But for her, she would rather go and try to sacrifice herself than even risk the possibility. Because she cares about everyone over herself. So, like, most people, you know, you might be like, well, if it's not even worth it, like, you know, I don't want to die. So... I'm not going to do this. I'm going to figure out a different plan. Whereas for Bella, she's like, I don't care about myself. I have no, it's okay if I die. Because if I'm dying in a place of somebody else, and even if I'm not, like, it was worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like if you get into her, based on what we've seen with her character, that's saying, it makes sense specifically for her.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: So that would be my justification for it. Of why to me it does, I don't think it could have been done a different way. I
1: think the Edward part is the most important that I do th- I think that there's a—I think that you're yes. probably right that Edward would not have allowed it.
0: She, He would have—they would have—he would have—first of all, also because, again, she doesn't actually have agency. Edward would have, like, if he had to, he would have restrained her so that she would not get hurt. Yeah. Because even if she—because, again, like, the only way he's going to leave her alone is if she says, I don't want to be with you, I don't want you around, which I don't think— if she would have been in this specific situation trying to say that, like he's not going to let her get hurt. Like he cares too much about her to let her get hurt. So like, I feel like that's why I'm just, there's no way that he would have let her do that. They would have just held her against her will. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, we find out it was a trap. Duh. And mostly he's just, James is just like a sick person and he wants to chase, he wants to kill, he wants to deprive Edward. And we find out that Alice was once his escaped prey. She's the only other person that's ever escaped him,
0: yes, and this is something I think that like I don't think they mention this at all in the movies, and which is why I think i I just always forget this note because again, I thought they said I thought this was shared maybe later, but I always forget it's in the first book. This is something a detail I don't necessarily remember, but yes, they say that basically Alice was the only victim to ever get away from James, and basically she was in like an asylum. Mm-hmm. Locked up in like a mental hospital thing and she would get like shock treatment and stuff. Like she wasn't really there and she was always they said like she was always held in the dark and that's why like she doesn't remember anything from her human life. But basically there was a vampire in that environment, I guess, who found out that she was gonna become James. James had like was like, Oh, she's my next victim. So that vampire turned her into a vampire and then James says he killed the older vampire that like turned her out of spite or something.
1: And that explains how Alice brings that sort of premonition into her vampire life. Like, shock therapy can, like, cause visions, not necessarily, like, prophetic visions in reality, but, like, the way that shock therapy, like, jolts your brain on and off, like, is not dissimilar to the way Alice gets flashes of the future. Obviously, like, with mm-hmm. the vampire, she gets actual, like, useful flash of the future, whereas with humans, shock therapy, one, doesn't really work, and two, but, like, it turns your brain on and off really quickly, like, like a light bulb. But we get that backstory of Alice, which is really, you know, nice that we kind of get that answer already. And then the Cullens show up, and they save the day, and James bit Bella. ooh.
0: Yes. So the venom starts to spread in Bella. And I wanted to note this because this is something I actually didn't remember. Because in the book, it's Edward seems like he's very easily able to suck the venom out of Bella's hand. Whereas in the movie, there's like I specifically remember a line like Carlisle's like, you have to find the strength. Like they have a whole conversation about it. Cause he's like, I can't do it. And, and Carlisle, you can do it. But that doesn't happen at all in the book, which is why I guess I like misremembered this, but he just goes and he does it. And then he says, he's like, I don't taste, he's like her blood tastes clean. Like it's no big deal. And I guess maybe he's just so worried about, he love. he knows he loves her and he's so worried about hurting her that he actually was totally fine. And you know, maybe he, he just underestimated his self-control, but I don't know. That was just something that I felt like didn't add up with like how much he's like, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. And it was just, there was no resistance. Like there, to me, there was no struggle described in the book. Like, I don't know if you felt that way.
1: Yeah, I totally did. I mean, of course, like we said, I've only seen the movie once and it was in German (laughs) and it was like a Friday and I was not paying attention. So, I mean, I remember the scene being like sort of a bit of a struggle. And Does it even take place in a dance studio in the movie or is it like just like a pretty
0: it's in a it's in a dance studio but it's just like it was just so much more dramatic like, I'm yeah saying, he's i remember like, back and like forth. the music playing and carlisle's like you have to find the strength to do it you have to find and i was waiting for those lines in the book and i'm like that's not even in there yeah and in the book edward's carlisle's like okay. like okay
1: if you're gonna do it you gotta do it now and edward's like yeah, okay
0: then, <laughs> okay <laughs> like, you know, okay mouth, she's and good just does it and then
1: later on he's like i didn't know if i was gonna be able to stop i'm like just stop pretty quickly <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying, like it didn't match up with everything that's said. I was like, but in the actual scene, like he had no struggle, which like that would definitely be a criticism for me because and I like I said, I didn't remember that because like I said, it is sometimes gets confusing with the books and the movies, like, which is different. But that is something like I do think the movie did it a little bit better Mm -hmm. because they like his the struggle was not in anywhere seen in that in the action.
1: Yeah, I think the explanation is probably that his care for her and his desire to protect her like focused him and sort of overruled his vampire tendencies which is totally true for but his character but that should have said been that. said it should have been said yeah it, it, like that's and he shouldn't have said when that. she's like
0: i didn't know i was gonna be able to stop like because you were you easily stopped.
1: exactly like you and i can conjecture that and justify it now but it's not it's not said in the book and i feel like it should be
0: also, because in the movie, they're also, what like, he's, like, sucking the blood out of her arm or whatever. And Carlisle's like, okay, Edward, her blood's clean. You have to stop. Edward, you have to stop. Like, it's so much more dramatic. Which, like, that doesn't happen at all in the book. That is such, like, that is something I didn't remember. I am upset.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's okay to find plot holes in books you love, Asia. I find them in Harry Potter all the time.
0: No, yeah, but that's also just, like, surprising because, you know, you usually, like, the book is better. Like, I, th- the movie, to me, made that scene better. Yeah. Specifically. I just remember
1: the scene being, like, very, like dark and golden i mean we talked about how the first movie as like like got a very like it's weird it's got a filter, filter on it, it but i just remember that scene also because he's like kind of manic and possessed in the moment so because
0: i'm saying not even just like the lines alone like if they like they like i said there was no struggle to stop edward stops of his own volition like he doesn't even need to be told
1: yeah no you're totally right well basically we have bella waking up in the hospital we finally meet renee and her mother i should say and they've already got a really great story of explaining everything why the cullens are there why she's in a hospital why she's in arizona and the clumsiness was a lot less in this reading as you guys know from last episode i was really hell-bent on explaining that and at least so thank goodness there was less of the clumsiness and it served a purpose did you notice that asia
0: yeah they said obviously they there're stories that she fell down the stairs, she went down like two flights of stairs and then flew out the window and they just all buy it because apparently that's something totally plausible that Bella would do, which is why also with the clumsiness I'm we're going to track it through the series cuz like I really don't think it's that as big of an issue cuz it's basically it's establishing it as a character trait so that like when this happens it's like, oh, her family buys, you know, that she fell down two flights of stairs and flew out a window because she's an extremely clumsy person. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it the the alibi was believable because apparently everyone thinks she's really clumsy. I still want an explanation. Like, I want Stephanie Meyer to, like, tweet out something like, Bella's leg is three inches shorter than the other. Like, I just need an explanation. But at least the clumsiness was functional in this reading, which I was appreciative of. And then we get into basically the end of the story, which is a really important question that we started discussing last week. And basically, Bella asks Edward why he didn't turn her into a vampire or let her transform. And she literally says, she's like, I want us to be equals. And Alice told us the mechanics, basically, like, you have to get sucked. Like, so you have to, the vampire has to put the venom in you. And then you have to stay alive for the three days in this excruciating pain while the venom is seeping through you. And so it's hard for the vampire because the vampire really wants to keep Like drinking. The vampire wants to like
0: drink the blood.
1: Kill you and, you know, get all the blood themselves. But it's hard for the human as well, because the human it would just be easier for them them their body to like die than to suffer for these three days. So it's a it's a hard process for both of them. But we've found out the mechanics. And Bella is already so devoted, she's really ready to make this leap with Edward. And Edward doesn't want to. And I am I'm of two minds. I'm kind of with both of them. But I think that Bella is the only one who's doing any real relationship planning in their relationship. Because if their relationship is to take any further steps down the line, it's just not going to work while one is human and one is vampire, as we've seen. And I'll, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. I want to hear yours first or your response, Asia, and then I'll tell you what, like, how I'm feeling about it.
0: Yeah, which Edward is super duper against Bella becoming a vampire which we'll kind of find out more of his reasoning at the beginning of new moon because obviously this discussion like they they didn't really agree on anything so it continues throughout the series but especially at the beginning of new moon and he's going to kind of explain of like why he really doesn't want her to turn into a vampire and like his idea of like you said relationship planning of how he sees their relationship planning out of his as a vampire and hers as a human but i mean and like i said he's clearly against it because he didn't even want bella to know how to become a vampire which is why like it was clearly he had told alice not to say anything but bella kind of convinces her to tell convinces her to tell her but yeah he's just super against it and like i understand which we'll find out like, because he doesn't really get into his reasoning yet and we'll have a discussion about it for the next episode but his reasoning is like very i would say like morally right like his reasoning is like he doesn't want to like what's the word like cuz think Condemned. about it he describes himself as a monster. He thinks of himself like vampires are terrible. So like he doesn't want her to become that. Yeah. In more of like a it's kind of like a and where I criticize obviously is cuz it's it's him thinking like he knows better. Like he knows what she wants. And yeah. that's why I like that's all I'll say for now. But w- what were your thoughts so far on like that whole yeah conversation?
1: Yeah. So I think that Bella is right to want it. I think that if they're going to work out as a couple, eventually, at least, just all couples need to be equals. And they are not equals and they will not be as long as she is a human and he's a vampire. Unless he can become a human somehow, which I doubt, that means that she has to become a vampire. Because, one, she can't do anything for herself. And two, like, she doesn't get to make decisions for herself. And everyone in his family has more power over her and more control over her. And it's just not healthy. Like, and, I mean, his family doesn't seem to, like, abuse it. You know, all they're doing is, just like, trying to protect her and carry her around. Around, like like a football. (laughs) Like a football. But, you know, like, if Esme didn't like Bella, she would have incredible leverage over Edward and Bella's relationship because of... Like the fact that Bella's a human, and she's always going to feel somewhat out of place with them, even if even though they like her and they're nice to her, she can't play baseball with them. She can't. She's always going to be watching. And more importantly, she and Edward cannot be together forever. Like because she will get old, and he will not. She'll die. She'll die eventually. So their relationship for now can't. It can. They've only known each other for two months, so it's okay so far. But their relationship won't be able to progress to further steps. If they are not on better equal footing, because as of now, it's always going to be superpower and damsel in distress. Now, that being said, so I think that Bella is right to want it. And when she says to Edward a couple times, she's like, I want to be equals. I was like, yes, Bella, use that word like you deserve it. I'm all for it. I think it's a little too early. And I do think that Edward is right to know, like he's kind of said, he's like, I understand what forever is. You don't. He's been alive for a hundred years. She's been alive for like sixteen, and you know, also like he has a really good understanding of what that means. So I do think that he's right to to have some concerns. But I think that both of them are approaching it badly. I feel like Bella should be like Bella. You've known him two months. Maybe don't jump to immortality after knowing a guy for two months. And Edward, he's like, Edward, he's like completely against it. But I'm like, Edward, you've been waiting for a century to meet someone that you care about and you found her. Like, both of them are not being empathetic of what the other one is thinking. And so they're going to keep clashing over it because Bella's like, I only want to become a vampire right now. And Edward's like, I will never make you a vampire. And I'm like, neither of those are tenable positions in a relationship. Whereas I'm like, Bella could, like, wait a couple years, develop their relationship. It's not like she'd be that much older. Like, okay, maybe she'd be 20 when she gets immortal rather than Edward 17. But then once they become immortal, they'll look exactly the same. I understand not wanting to wait until she's 90. That's totally right of Bella. Like, (laughs) you know, don't wait until she's on her deathbed to make her immortal because that's going to be a weird relationship. But I think that, like, Edward is right to not be ready to give it to her now. But I do think that if he wants to be with her, he has to be a little more open to compromise. And I think that also they've known each other for two months. Like, this is a conversation they don't need to be having yet.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the waiting. Because, again, it is like that Romeo and Juliet. Like, they're jumping too... They're jumping too quickly. They're jumping the gun. But what I agree or not agree what i think part of why bella is so ready to just go for it right now in this moment is and i think she mentions it a little bit at the end of the book of you know she doesn't want to always have edward having to jump up to save her and the fact is while she's human like she is vulnerable she's extremely vulnerable hanging out with vampires like she's like when's the next james gonna come like then you're not to protect me again and like i don't want to have to put not only you but your whole family in danger to protect me which makes again her family Which, again, makes sense for her character because, you know, again, she has – she doesn't want – she doesn't want to feel like she's being, like, taken care of. She likes to take care of other people. So that makes, I feel, like, her uncomfortable. And, like, she's literally in a position where, like, she has no choice. Like, she has no power. And then also something of her reasoning, which we'll get into again at the beginning of New Moon, is that Bella is – really doesn't want to be older. Older, like, in quotes than Edward because Edward's forever 17 and she's 17 and soon enough, she'll be 18, 19, 20. And, like, we'll see in the next book. She, the, like, there is going to be a fear of aging.
1: I mean, she's a woman. She feels, she definitely <laughs> faces different social pressures than I do as a man. I'm like, I would not want to have been turned immortal when I was 17. I was a total twerp. But, you know, now that I'm 23, I'm like, I could be <laughs> well, ready for I mean, this now. Yeah. I like the way I look now. It's,
0: yeah. I feel like I'd want to wait till like twenty five to be yeah, immortal because you're like at your peak. You lose all your like baby weight. Like you're you're looking you're in your full adult. Also, body, like there's there's like, the, there's a, like that like
1: vampire extra goodness that you get when you become a vampire. Like Carlisle, he's a little older than Edward is, but like I mean, he still looks really really young and he still looks amazing. Like they all like I understand not wanting to wait again till she's ninety, but like I think that like. If you turn a vampire before like 40 or like 40 below, you're probably like once you put that like vampire special sauce on, you're probably still looking pretty good.
0: I think it's also, which like I said, New Moon, like the beginning of New Moon, talked about this a lot. I think she's also worried because like Edward's stance is that she's like, I'm never turning you into a vampire. Which and so it, she's like, is I don't wanna untenable. be a grandma. I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be a grandma dating a 17-year-old. Like, she's like, You're not gonna love me anymore. I'm gonna be wrinkly and old. And but, that,
1: so, see, Edward's stance is untenable. It's unrealistic. And he's to, like,
0: I'll love you no matter what. And she's like, I, I don't She's like, do I'm not that. gonna
1: love myself.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look at you and be like, how are you with me?
1: Yeah, so I think that we're gonna keep following this because as their relationship is. I mean, I think this we is the biggest conflict
0: of the whole. This is Okay, if anything, so how we just said, how the books, how we were saying earlier, how the books, there's conflict and resolution, this is the conflict that spans the whole series. I mean, that
1: makes perfect sense, too. Lover, human, and vampire, like, obviously, there's going to have to be some resolution, whether it's them breaking up or both becoming vampires or both dying or, like, there's going to have to be some yeah. solution to that. That would be the overarching theme, of course. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure we'll have to talk about it in every episode until we get a resolution. And finally we have prom. And Edward is like, no, Tyler, she's with me. And Tyler. Tyler shows up at her house, remember?
0: Taylor? Taylor Lautner? You're not even saying the name no, right. It's Jacob. No, Jacob no, Black. No, no, no,
1: no. Tyler, the boy who oh, thought oh, that she was that. gonna go to prom with See, him. So he's
0: irrelevant in my mind.
1: <laughs> and Edward's like, um, she's with me. And then Taylor Lautner shows up and he's really annoying. He butts in and he's like giving the message for his dad, oh, I don't like him at all.
0: Yeah, I wrote down this time, it really, the first hint of, like, ooh, it really bothered me. Jacob says how, you know, he's like, oh, I don't mind that much. Like, having to come give Bella, like, Billy's warning to her, as he looks her up and down, like, a piece of meat, like, in her formal dress. And like I said, he's just, he sucks. But we'll soon see. We're gonna get more of Jacob in the rest of the series, but, like, people like how you were talking on the team Edward team Jacob first of all like you said you said earlier about how it seems like Bella is kind of always on Edward and Jacob's just kind of put himself inserted himself that is a very accurate depiction of what we are gonna see
1: yeah I mean I'll be I'll be impartial because obviously I haven't read it yet but But I'll be keeping an eye on it it's
0: a love triangle but it's not like
1: it's not like she's deciding it's like their men deciding for her
0: Also, it's, like, the idea of, like, well, you'll see. We'll see what you think. I mean, I do, like, I don't, like, I don't like the love triangle, and I specifically, I don't like Jacob's character. Like, I do think he is a little bit of, like, he knows better, and he... He's
1: smug. He's smug and immature.
0: And immature. He's very immature. And, like, whereas Edward is, like, this refined gentleman. And, like... Edward
1: is... Edward is everything. He's perfect. So that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand how you could... Like, Jacob is, like, the bad boy. Like, the bad boy who doesn't fully respect women. So that's why I'm, like... People who, like, you are having... Like, people who like that, like, that's just not... That's not your forever person. Like, I just...
1: Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the love triangle. I hate them as a plot device. I... Especially for main characters. I don't mind them as much when they're when you're watching other characters.
0: Yeah, it's on like the side. In
1: Harry Potter, obviously, like the Hermione and Ron and then Victor and Lavender love triangle. Like it's annoying, but because it's not really affecting Harry, it doesn't bother me as much. But when Harry and like anytime he has like jealous of anyone Ginny's dating, it's like rough for me. I just don't I just don't like it on my main character. Like when we get to Hunger Games, I hate that love triangle too. <laughs> so
0: But I would say the Hunger Games love triangle is still better than this because
1: I mean the hungry games love triangle was really well done because and it makes more one, sense to
0: me this love triangle Katniss is not thinking sense. about
1: hormones at all it's literally like two men that want her she's not thinking about it she's like I'm just trying to get food on the table like she's like I just want to eat dinner and yeah. then also like she has a justifiable like back and forth when she, we're, we're getting into hungry games already but like she has a justifiable back and forth because she's grown up with Gail so she's like she is emotionally close to him, but she's never viewed him that way.
0: Okay, it's it's not exactly the same, but like Bella, Jacob is the Gale to Bella, which you'll see. Yeah. Like you'll see,
1: he's more of like she thinks of him already as a little bit of a little brother. Or you little have to, cousin. you can't,
0: we can't make full thoughts on Jacob until the next book, like because he's in it a lot more. You'll see.
1: Well, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't like the way he seems entitled to Bella, but. Like, he's like, I want you. While she's on a date with a different boy. Like, no, 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 no. Consent has not been given. This is unacceptable to me. But we'll wait until talk more about Jacob until the next book.
0: Yeah. So I think that wraps up pretty much the reading. But I do have a question for you from the last episode. So after meeting all the Cullens, do you have a different guess as to how Alice and Edward got Bella's car keys that one day from her jeans. Because I know before you said something about like time travel.
1: I didn't know. I mean, well, we know how they got into the house. Edward knows that there's a key on the Eaves. He literally is like, I've been watching you, and there's a key in the Eaves. So he knows that they're how to get into the house. So there's that. And then Alice could have like had a premonition or she could have seen Bella like putting the keys in the laundry. Like I, I if if that never gets explained I won't care because I I can just chalk it up to vampire powers. I
0: don't think it gets explained. I think it's it I think they talk about a midnight sun obviously cuz then Edward's there, but what I would think if I remember correctly, it's because since Alice can see the future, she sees herself getting the key from the jeans. So that's how she knows where it is. That's it.
1: It was Alice. It was Alice. Ha, ha, ha.
0: Alice. But I'm saying before, when I asked you, we hadn't met Alice yet, so you didn't know. Or we didn't know that she could see the future. But that is how I, like, I'm pretty sure Midnight Sun, they give it. There's an exact explanation, but I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Like, she sees her getting it, so that's how she knows where it is.
1: Okay. Well, we'll have to wait till Midnight Sun for that. I have two quick questions. So we have the moment when they're about to run again. And Bella's really scared, and she's like, "I don't want to run again." And Edward kind of like changes her memory, or like he kind of like convinces her that she shouldn't be afraid. Can you just clarify if that was like a vampire power or not? Because if, the way it read to me the first time, I wasn't sure whether it was a vampire power or not. And if it's a vampire power where he can like turn off her emotions, that's really not okay. Like that's very predatory. Is it Why is that this in the
0: book? This what, is so when, they're when they're about to
1: go to the baseball game. They've driven in the car, and then he's going to pick her up and run the rest of the way. And to she's run. like, I don't want to do it again. And he kind of, like, touches her and, like, holds her, and he's like, don't be afraid. And it could just be, like, he was, like, you know, seducing her and convincing her not to be afraid. Or it could have been, yes. like, a vampire power. Can you just tell me no. which one it is?
0: It's just human, like, seduction. Okay. He's just, like, because it's even how it's described. Like, he's like, kissing down her jaw, on her eyelid, like, the corner of her mouth. And, like, obviously we know Bella's super horny and, like, oh, my God, can't focus. He's basically doing that because, like, I think her fear. He's distracting her because she's having, like, an irrational fear. She's like, I'm worried you're going to run into a tree. And he's like, Bella, I'm not going to run into a tree. And then she's like, I'm worried about getting sick. And he's like, we already talked about that. You're going to close your eyes and you'll be fine. So, no, but that is an interesting way of looking at it because, actually, I've, the Vampire Diaries, like we said, another big, like, vampire story of our time, that TV show. In Vampire Diaries, they have an ability where they can compel people. They, like, look into their eyes and, like, say things, like, with a certain tone of voice and, like, I don't know, use their vampire powers that they can convince people to do things. But no, in this universe, the vampires do not have those powers. Edward's only ability is that he can read minds, and, like, not all vampires even have abilities,
1: gotcha well that 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 that's comforting for me because I was like it could i figured it was like it's either like a seduction no, distraction yeah. thing, you know we've all done that before, but <laughs> shouldn't have said <laughs> that, but but, yeah, like, I was like, ahead. it's either a human thing or, like, he has a power. And if he has a power, like, that definitely falls into, like, the stalker creeper narrative. Yeah, this... no.
0: That would not be okay. But if that's – he was literally just using a very – a human way of kind of distracting her and being like, you feel – you know that you feel safe with me. You don't need to have these irrational fears.
1: That being said, Edward is still going to crash a car at some point. gun. I'm I'm still convinced that – he might not run into a tree, but he's going to crash a car. It's going to be – he's going to be, like, so in love with Bella. He's going to like, I can't wait to see her and he's going to crash car okay uh, it's it's going to Spoil it for you yeah you don't have to spoil it i've already figured it out check off gun, stephanie meyer come on and i have a theory or i want to actually like i want to leave this on an open-ended question because you were just talking about edward's power and how we're expecting or at least my theory if you couldn't tell as i expect bella will become a et- vampire at some point because it will be necessary for their relationship assuming that happens I'm wondering if you think she'll bring any quality over... I mean, I guess you don't know because you already would know. But I'm wondering if she'll bring any quality (laughs) into being a vampire because we know that Jasper and Alice and Edward all have powers that they got because they brought them from being humans and they got heightened. And I think that that will probably happen for Bella as well. And I'm just thinking we should keep an eye on it, see if there's a power that we could expect Bella to bring over.
0: Do you have a theory already?
1: Like I don't necessarily opinion. have a theory. I'll think about it. But I'm just I, I wanted to mention that I'm like, I expect Bella will have a power because we were told that some people bring it over. And I'm like, well, Bella will definitely.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna say anything because like yes, I do know what she brings over slash if there's something that she brings over. I know. Yeah. So I it's just gonna, not gonna be
1: something anything. about like again, it's obviously gonna be something about related to humans because she's we do have a really good understanding that she has a very good understanding of humans. Or maybe a she's vampire. a vampire. Maybe yeah, she's a werewolf. I'm just killer. not gonna
0: say anything because yeah, don't, I don't say anything. You're anything. gonna
1: spoil it. But <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna stay quiet.
1: But I, I wanted to mention it, and I'll keep an eye out on it because I do think that will be interesting. Assuming she transforms, which of course she must, because this relationship will not work if she doesn't. Yeah. And let's get there so we'll start new moon next week that's the second book in the series and we're going to read the first half of the chapters again so chapters 1 through 13 i'm ready for the romance but not for the love triangle
0: i am very excited for you but for our listeners if you have predictions theories or questions or you want to just keep talking to us about twilight and more remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the nerd party website just head over to nerdpartycom contact and select throwback paperback you can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at joinnerdparty or on Instagram at thenerdparty and facebook.com slash thenerdparty. And to find me, I'm at asiabonia on Twitter and at asia.bonia on Instagram.
1: And I'm at cesheeland on both Twitter and Instagram. And remember that we're a new podcast, so or a relatively new podcast at this point. And so that if you enjoyed this, make sure you rate it and review it and share it with your friends, of course. And... Always check out the other awesome podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And then, of course, make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss us next week.
0: Yes, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the Nerd Party.